Welcome back, guys. And I'm really excited to introduce yet again Youssef, who's joining us all the way from Rwanda, as well as our colleague Eric. I'm never going to pronounce your last name properly live. I'm so sorry, man. One day I'll get it right. But thank you both for joining us, man. How are you guys doing? Living the dream here over in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Not in Mexico, but, you know, maybe soon. How about you, Yusuf? What's going on? I'm doing well. Thank you all for having me. I'm here in Rwanda. We're doing an amazing work here on the ground. I wish you all can be here and join us. Um, but the work that we're doing in El Salvador is, is equally as important. I'm super excited to talk about our work together uh, with uh, Bitcoin Magazine and Bitcoin Black Friday. Well, for those of our viewers who maybe haven't had a chance to see some of the past interviews when you joined us or uh, missed all the spaces together or didn't see any of the advertising, you really were under a rock if you missed some of the stuff, guys. But give us a little bit of background on Built with Bitcoin. Yeah, man. Uh, six years ago, um, I was running a traditional fiat uh, NGO that I had started called Zamzam Water, and we were building water wells around the world. And an individual uh, had reached out to us to contribute towards a orphan school project that I was building in my mother country of Afghanistan. And uh, the transaction fell through. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, thank you so much for your anticipated contribution. Is there another form of payment for us to be able to process this? And he responded with me, uh, do you accept Bitcoin? And I had absolutely no idea what Bitcoin was. And this is in 2016, 2017. And so, you know, going back and forth with him, you know, uh, you know, having that peer-to-peer -peer conversation and relationship, you know, I was basically orange-pilled over, over email. And the person on the other side of that email happened to be Ray Youssef, who is the co-founder of our foundation and also the CEO of Paxful. And, you know, building that relationship with him and kind of understanding better directly from him about what Bitcoin is, it truly allowed me to understand that this is what the NGO and philanthropic um, you know, sector of the world truly needs. It has so many benefits. Why are we not utilizing it better? And so we thought, hey, let's band together. Let's disrupt this traditional you know, system that um, happens to be extremely slow, ineffective, inefficient, and make it better. And that's where we came up with Built with Bitcoin Foundation. And six years later, we have projects in Kenya, Rwanda, Nigeria, El Salvador, India, South, uh, South Africa. And, you know, for us, it's about being able to have this universal adoption of, of Bitcoin and Bitcoin education to liberate those communities around the world that truly need that financial freedom. Always love hearing the story of how Ray Youssef, orange-pilled Youssef. So it's always a fun little uh, meta treat there, but... As I mentioned, we uh, spend some time during the holiday season, especially around Thanksgiving, leading up to Christmas, essentially. Uh, we at Bitcoin Magazine, we're partnered with Built with Bitcoin for Bitcoin Black Friday, helping to raise some money. Uh, can you share a little bit about where that money went to and the work that you were doing in El Salvador at the top of this year? Right. We're extremely grateful for a partner like Bitcoin Magazine and, and, and the, the Bitcoin community in general. Uh, for us, it was always about finding a clear destination of where these funds are going. And we proposed the idea of this beautiful community called Tasajera Island in, uh, in El Salvador. And for us, it was more so not just providing this community with resources, but building the relationship and building the trust with them. And for us, it was, it was you know, we felt like a glove in there. The community members themselves were willing. They were willing to want to be able to learn about Bitcoin. Obviously, we all know about El Salvador and its adoption um, and in having Bitcoin as legal tender, but what now, right? And that's, that's it's our obligation, it's our duty as Bitcoiners, you know, to, 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 to create this opportunity for folks to be able to learn more about how to utilize Bitcoin to create a better quality of life for them. So for us, it's not just, just about, you know, pushing projects out. It's about real tangible relationships with these community members. And that's how we can get to that universal adoption that we all yearn for. And so the very first aspect of the project was to provide a mode of transportation for the community members. They are fairly isolated. And what they needed to do, uh, especially the, the students uh, traveling back and forth to school, needed to pay up to $3 per day to be able to commute back and forth. And we thought to ourselves, okay, you have a community that doesn't have the necessary financial tools at their disposal, and they're expected to pay you know, up to $3 per day, $15 per week to be able to go to school. How can we create a solution for this problem? 
and uh, we, we came up with the Bitcoin boat and uh, we were able to, uh, you know, build the boat from the ground up, uh, be able to provide and, uh, you know, stimulate the, the local economy there, um, but also be able to create this the sense of community uh, by bringing these members and villagers together um, and, you know, uh, give back to the, to the only local community school that's there. We repainted and repaired the school. We provided uh, laptops and built a tech center for them so they can be connected um, because it's not so much about introducing Bitcoin to them, but how are they able to learn more and inform themselves without being connected to the internet? We donated smartphones to the community. So we took a very holistic approach is, is the point here. We just didn't want to you know, provide resources for them, but again, have them engaged, have them be part of that process in the conversation. And now, every time I go back to El Salvador, if I don't visit Tasajera Island, I feel like disconnected. You know, like I feel as though they're a part of our family. And, and, and that's what I love about our work. That's beautifully said. And, and I'm about to put on the screen now just uh, the article that was written up by one of our colleagues who had the opportunity to head down to El Salvador with you. And before we kind of dive into that a little bit deeper, I, I do want to give you the chance to kind of explain a little bit more because you touch on it a little bit in this explanation of why the rationale behind why you guys needed to build the boat, but you don't just build a boat everywhere you go or find transportation. You do this with every community you guys go into and you make a point to help them at the ground level and then build up from there. So I'd love to have you share with uh, share with our viewers, maybe some of the work you guys did in Rwanda previously before we talk about what you're doing out there right now too. Yeah, I mean, everything begins and ends with trust. Um, you, you have to build trust with a community and you can't do that by being disingenuous. Uh, these communities and these members um, they're human beings. Uh, you know, they have emotions, they have feelings, they have problems, they have solutions. Um, and so you have to be able to communicate with them properly. And you can't do that without spending time. And time is extremely valuable, right? You can't just throw money or throw sats at a community and expect for it to grow and expect for it to thrive. It takes time. And for us, we, we, we have a, a huge emphasis on being able to build a relationship with this community, right? We want to be able to assimilate ourselves regardless of what location around the world, what language they speak, what tribe they're from, um, what kind of you know, financial disparity they may or may not have. For us, it's about understanding who they are and not thinking that we know all of the answers or that we have all of the solutions. In fact, they're the ones that can come to us and explain to us that, hey, these are the issues that we're having. How can we work together to find the solution? We don't want communities anywhere around the world to be dependent on us as a foundation. That's not what we are. We are a philanthropic organization where we are thinking long-term, we are thinking sustainably, and we want these individuals from these communities to be financially independent. And that's the key for us. And that takes quite a while, right? It's not as attractive or as sexy because uh, it's not you know, this, this band-aid that you rip off. It's, it's a very long-term process, but we're willing to be there. We've done this for six plus years now. And we want to continue to, to be able to accomplish this work moving forward. Love that. Despite what limited funds you have, you're able to really make a big lasting impact. For those of you who are curious to learn a little bit more, be sure to check out the article uh, talking about Isla Tasajera. Did I pronounce that correctly, Yusef? Be sure to check out that article. We have it up on the screen now. We'll have it up for a little bit longer. But moving on now to a little bit of what you're doing or I want to hear a little bit about how the community members are going to use this Bitcoin boat, what it means to them, and maybe talk a little bit about like the fact that Bitcoin is accepted on this and so on. Absolutely. So I, I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Freebring for coming out there and joining us, uh, you know, having this experience of being, you know, firsthand on the ground, his feet in the soil. It was amazing for him to be able to see it. I think it was uh, Ryan's very first time out of the country in a very long time. So to have him be there with us and experience this, you know, I think it was uh, an, an extremely emotional experience for him. Uh, and I hope you know, I, I, there was a level of growth for the both of us. I learned so much from Ryan and, and, and I hope vice versa. And for me and us as a foundation, it's extremely important for those that are contributing and supporting our work to be able to be there firsthand and be able to see it, to not trust what we say, but to verify with our own two eyes. And that's what we kind of call the blockchain of philanthropy within our, within our foundation. It is be, for folks to be able to see us 
either vicariously through social media or them themselves, you know, on the ground with us, the work that's actually being done. And the very first school that we ever built, because we, we, we heavily focus on education, and this is not just about education in general, but financial literacy and Bitcoin education. And we teach our students at a very young age, not just about Bitcoin, but we want to teach them about money. And what does the value of money truly mean? And what can it do for them if they make much more financially responsible decisions? Secondly, what we also do is have financial literacy courses for community members, the parents of these students. Why? Because we want these folks to be financially liberated and to be financially independent. Without that knowledge and those resources, it's just not possible. Whether you give a community access to clean water, access to electricity, build a beautiful structure, uh, educational structure, without the necessary resources for them to be sustainable and maintained, it doesn't make any sense. And so for us, having that education on, as the, the backbone, as the four pillars of the foundation itself, figuratively and literally, we know that these individuals will be set up for success. And what happens from there is on them. We give them the freedom to be able to choose and utilize these resources. We don't force anyone to do anything, and we never force anyone to use any type of technology. That's not what we believe Bitcoin was made for. It's very beautifully put and said. It, it's there for you if you want it, but if you don't want it, that is your choice. We will help you get there, but I can't force you to drink the water. I can just lead you to, to the well. Eric, I don't know if you want to maybe touch on or share anything about I know you were much more hands-on and working with the Build with Bitcoin Foundations and you and Ryan were sort of leading the charge there. Did you want to sort of share any of your experiences in, in the work that you put together or just any questions you wanted to ask Yusuf? Yeah, sure. I have a question for Yusuf. Geographically, I know particularly Africa, someplace like Nigeria, they are very into the peer-to-peer -peer aspect of Bitcoin, whereas somewhere like the island of Talahera, <laughs> they they needed some education that went along with it do you see the different areas you go into is that that on-ramp for education does it differ a lot and i wonder if you can just uh dive into that yes uh it, it does differ and that's in and, and that's a reality for us when we're on the ground right um we are dealing with communities that don't even have access to electricity let alone have a smartphone to be able to access bitcoin or even learn more about it right we are working with individuals that, like in Isla Tasajera, uh, for example, when we first went in there and engaged with the community, what we do is we do an, ass an assessment and we kind of, you know, kind of hear, want to hear back from them. And we, what we do is we have surveys and assessment surveys, so to speak. And what we learned was that some of the community members themselves didn't even know how to read or write, uh, read or write. They didn't even know how to write their own names. So this is the level of education that we're dealing with. Now, of course, that takes time, but imagine when you can just unlock the true potential of an individual by even teaching them how to read or write, so then they thus can be able to utilize Bitcoin or whatever they would like to do. That's an extremely gratifying accomplishment on behalf of our foundation, right? And the people that we're working with. When it comes to education in, in parts of Africa, specifically in Nigeria, which is extremely innovative and passionate about, uh, about Bitcoin and its usage, usage excuse me, where people are 100% living on Bitcoin there that you may not even know about, right? They've like hacked into the system in a way where, um, you know, they were able to find ways to be able to utilize it to their best abilities. This is the beauty about Bitcoin, y'all. It's extremely indiscriminate. It doesn't matter where you're from, what language you speak, what sexuality you are, what gender you are. You know, it's, it, it has multiple use cases depending on where you are around the world, whether it's from remittances coming in, whether for it's e-commerce or you want to open up your business, you know, to have borderless payments, whatever it may be, Bitcoin has an avenue for you to be successful. Whether you're a community member in Isla Tasajera who needed their child to be able to go to school back and forth without you having to worry about paying uh, for their commute every single day. And then for them to have Bitcoin as a store of value because the dollar is continuously being hit with inflation, or you have someone in Kenya who has now opened up their business to the rest of the world, right? For us, we just want to be able to be there uh, and, and provide this resource to them when it comes to the knowledge and education and what they do with it, it's all on them, right? We want them to have the freedom to make the choice, but I have a front seat 
to being able to see the true power that Bitcoin possesses. And it's a very privileged seat. Um, I don't take it for granted whatsoever. And, you know, I give um, absolute acknowledgement and appreciation to Ray Youssef, um, who's literally taught me everything I know about Bitcoin. And like philanthropy, who would have thought philanthropy? And I don't need to remind you all the last couple of months how Bitcoin has been utilized, you know, you know, not to get political about anything, but like it is absolutely beautiful to see the true power of Bitcoin, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in Ukraine, anywhere in Afghanistan where my family's from that was overtaken by the Taliban. Like they don't even have access to banking systems right now, but guess who's winning? It's Bitcoin. And there's Bitcoiners everywhere around the world. It doesn't matter. It's literally in every single country on this planet. And once people are able to kind of fully and truly grasp that concept, man, we're still early. Like we are early, y'all. Like we've been working and doing this for the past six years. And yet we still have so much to be able to accomplish, so much to be able to learn from the people on the ground. And I'm just, I'm excited. Like, oh my God, I like, want to go and build some more right after this conversation, man. Like, let's do this together. My fellow clubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you are a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. Want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you sent chills down my spine just talking about how Bitcoin is, is changed the world one country, one moment at a time. So I'm with you. Just, just tell me where to show up and I'll show up with uh, whatever I need to, my dude. Eric, I cut you off. I saw you uh, were ready to ask something else. So jump, dive back in, man. No, I guess my comment is around the fact that, yeah, there's still lots of people on this earth that don't even know how to read or write. So taking it to that level and, and saying, hey, we have to start here with education and then we can get to Bitcoin eventually. That didn't even cross my mind. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I can only imagine the challenge that is to educate people from that base. So I don't really have a follow-up question, but that, that just really stood out to me. Yeah, and, and if, I, if I can add on to that as well too, uh, Eric, the, the point is the beauty behind the power of Bitcoin is fully intrinsic for me. Like I have seen people, um, and not to get emotional on, the, on this conversation, but I've experienced and, and heard the, the level of frustration of folks of not being able to live their lives freely, right? For, for Bitcoin to come in as a beautiful technology with the idea that, hey, you don't need a bank. You have everything right here in the palm of your hand. That's a concept that for some folks is extremely significant. For everyone, it's significant, of course, but imagine the individual that you know, may not know how to read or write. Um, and for them to know that, you know what? I don't need a car to go travel three hours one way, um, you know, to be able to, to, to have all of my financial assets here in the palm of my hand. That's, a, that's an extremely beautiful thing to, to possess. And especially with what's going on at this very moment in time where people are becoming political refugees and having to you know, take all of their money out of the bank and the, 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 the lack of security that that creates. My family were refugees of, of Afghanistan in 1980. They came to the United States. My father didn't have anything to bring back with him. And imagine if he was able to bring back his wealth on, on, you know, on, on, on a flash drive, you know, like, and he didn't have to start from zero, right? My father came to the to United States and in 40 years filed for bankruptcy, not once, but twice, 
Why? Because he was preyed upon by the banking systems, right? Who had predatory practices that singled him out and said, you know what? This individual may not know how to read, may not know how to speak English that well fluently. Let's charge him with, you know, take advantage of his situation. He wants to provide for his family. Let him just charge up these credit cards. That's what my father did. What was his crime? Trying to provide for his family, for my sister and I, right? Like I wish Bitcoin was, 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 was there then. I wish I knew the knowledge that I have now to be able to liberate my father, to create a better quality of life for my sister and I. What difference does that have than someone that lives in Rwanda or El Salvador or Iran, right? Or Vietnam. That's the beauty behind Bitcoin. It doesn't matter where you're from, bro. It doesn't matter where you are, right? All you need is a connection. And it's, it's our duty. It's our responsibility as a foundation to be able to, to, to bring those together. And I'm ready. We're ready for the challenge, but it's going it's to take everyone. We can't do this by ourselves. And that's why we're so grateful to Bitcoin Magazine and all of y'all. I love coming on here and talking to you. I'm so privileged and grateful to be on here multiple times. Let's, let's, keep, this, let's keep this momentum going. No, I mean, absolutely. And I think one of the things that you, you just touched on is one of the things that I, that speaks very close to me, um, but all of us here, including our producer, Chris, behind the scenes, like we were all very fortunate and privileged to live the lives that we did and to be raised in the countries that we grew up in, the families that we had. None of us did anything for that. We didn't take a test to say, oh, you're qualified to be born in the USA or you're going to be born in the Ukraine. Like we could very well have been spending our weekends covering for shelter or, or leaving our homes. But instead, like I was on the beach. Like it, I sound like an asshole saying it like that, but I also recognize how privileged I am to have the values that were instilled in me and to have the, the lifestyle that I have and, and had growing up. Talk to us a little bit, Yusef, about the countries that you guys have gone into. What is the value around education in America? And I can only really speak to this from the American perspective and quite frankly, from a privileged American perspective of an expectation to go to college, uh, a, a guarantee essentially that there is a school for me, at least until I'm 18 and now in most states until I'm 20. But what does that look like in a place like El Salvador? Is there even school and guaranteed until 18? Right. I mean, I, I think it comes down to like the, the core fundamentals of, of education. And, and, and the reason why education is so important to me um, and so important to this foundation is, is the opportunity that it can provide. That's, that's the number one asset that education can provide someone is the opportunity. What you do with that opportunity is up to you. So you have the freedom to be able to choose that, right? That's what I love so much about Bitcoin is that it provides an opportunity for someone to be liberated to make the decisions freely for themselves, right? And so for us, when it comes to education, it's important for us to be able to build the connection and the relationship with those communities. It doesn't matter whether it's El Salvador, whether it's the Philippines, whether it's Kazakhstan, right? It's all about building the relationships with the individuals on the ground there, building the trust with them. For example, tomorrow we're going to be visiting uh, the Bujasera district, which is the epicenter of the genocide in 1994, right? You have a country, a very small country of Rwanda, 8 million plus people at the time. And in 90 days, over a million Rwandans were killed by other Rwandans because they were colonized, right? They were made to seem different. They're uh, Hutus versus the Tutsis. The reason why I'm bringing this up is 27 years later, they are li now living a, in, in a country of peace and prosperity, right? Of course, they have their issues. It's not a utopia here. But we went to the Bujasera district, we connected with the community, and we said to ourselves, hey, not only are we going to bring Bitcoin education, we want to bring a core curriculum of education for the students here so that they can be liberated to make those decisions themselves on top of that to also be able to benefit the parents of the community. So our school systems are not just school systems dedicated to students, they're dedicated to the entire community. That's why our mantra is, we don't just build schools, we build communities, right? And for us to have that core Bitcoin education at the very grassroots level, we're not talking about high level technical aspects, we're talking about functionality. That's what these folks care about. They care about the use case of Bitcoin. How can it make their lives better? And once they find out, nine times out of 10, they want to know more. They're like sponges. They want to learn more and more and more. And as they're continuing to learn, you continue to build that trust. Why? Because your work and your effort is genuine. 
right? Every year we try to make trips to every single school that we build on an annual basis. Why is that so important? Oh, we completed a school, we clean, completed a project, let me wash my hands and go. No, 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 no. For us, it's about quality over quantity. If we can build one school and have an entire community be able to utilize Bitcoin for in its best uh, use cases, for its best abilities, if the community chooses to do so, we've already succeeded as a community. I'm not gonna sit here and say, we wanna do this, we wanna do that. No, it's not about the numbers game for us. It's about the quality of the relationship that you're building. That's why peer-to-peer -peer is so important because that peer-to-peer -peer relationship that we're building on the ground with those communities is an extremely valuable asset to the success. That metric is a, is, is a success to us as an organization. I hope I answered your question. I, I go off on tang tangents, uh, you know me, man. I, I love your tangent. Oh, I love your tangents. We're all better and smarter for them. But I, I want to play a little bit of a, a thought, not necessarily a thought experiment, but like, like walk me through. I am an adult uneducated in El Salvador, in this community, I show up to the school that has been built. What does my curriculum look like as an adult? And then I do want to, after that, ask you, what does it look like for high school age and then below that as well? Right. Great question. And so for us, it's understanding where you are in your curriculum, right? It's understanding about where your place is and what lever you are in. It's not about how we feel about it. It's how, how comfortable are you in, 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 your, in your level of engagement when it comes to uh, reading, writing, just literacy in general, right? Uh, math, et cetera. For us, understanding how we can impact someone with Bitcoin education has to do with their level of, of, of want and motivation to be able to learn, right? That's first and foremost, because you cannot dedicate resources towards an individual that, that becomes complacent and may not want to be able to utilize it. We want people to be engaged. We don't want to force anyone to do anything, right? It's all voluntary. So for them, it's kind of understanding, the first step is understanding the concept of money. Do you know how money works? What does money actually do? Is it, is it a store of value? What kind of asset is it, right? And then you can kind of work on towards what is your own financial level, right? What are the problems that you face on a daily basis? Are these problems able to be solved with Bitcoin? And if so, here are some core curriculum, basic fundamentals about Bitcoin. History of Bitcoin, use cases of Bitcoin, and how you can be onboarded to be able to utilize it on whatever platform you would want. You want to use an exchange or you want to use a lightning wallet, you want to use your um, you know, a cold wallet, whatever it may be. Those things are all extremely advanced. We're not there yet, anywhere near that in El Salvador. Here is one concern that we had when we were working in Isla Tasajera, and I'll give you an example, and it's going to hurt all of your hearts, but we'll talk about it anyways, okay? The first weekend that we went there to work with them, we kind of um, asked them, what has been your experience with Bitcoin, right? Obviously, it's, it had already been legal tender, you know, this wallet versus this wallet. What is your overall knowledge and experience? $30 worth of Bitcoin was airdropped to this community, to all the Salvadorian citizens, right? What happened was individuals that they named as coyotes came to their island, which is completely isolated from the mainland, obviously, right? And said, hey, this $30 is going to disappear. It has a time limit, right? Because, you know, it's, it's not tangible for them. So they didn't understand what it truly was. And I said, if you guys all send this money to us in this wallet, we will go to the mainland, to the, to, to, to the capital and, and withdraw that, the, the, the funds via the ATM and bring you all cash. And we're gonna charge you $10 for this, for this process. So you have $30 worth of Bitcoin. They take 10, obviously you're left with 20. And guess what happened? They all, this entire community, not the entire community, excuse me, a majority of this community put their funds together, sent it to this wallet for this individual to go and cash it out for them and come back and give it to them. And guess what happened? That, that guy never came back. Right, so this was their first experience with Bitcoin. That this is this is internet fake, you know, magic money that has a time limit to it, and it is it primed them to be scammed. So as you can imagine, people are like, do we really want to, you know, get involved? Like, do we really want to understand? But then when they saw 
that we as a foundation came to them not by giving them something on a silver platter, but we wanted them to be part of the conversation. What are your pain points, right? So that curriculum cue that you're talking about is not some general curriculum. You have to fully understand who you're speaking to. You have to understand their language and where they're coming from. It's not about us. It's not about built to Bitcoin's curriculum. There's unbelievable amounts of information on the internet currently, right? There's not one that's better than the other. It's when you can truly understand who the students are, who the audience is, that's when you can really have impactful curriculum. I hope that answered your question. It absolutely did, man. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, how did you guys design a school that is candidly better than, I would argue, at least a good majority or a good sizable portion of the American public school system? So thank you for not catering to just one person. Or thank you for not catering to the masses and catering and individualizing it to each person. That is how education should be. You are doing God's work, Yusef. Eric, uh, I'm going to pass the mic off over to you, my friend. Sure. My, my question piggybacks on the education aspect. I was wondering, I know a lot of Bitcoin content gets written in English. What's the, the current status of Bitcoin educational resources uh, for other languages? And where is that? Where is a lot of the translation needed right now? This is, a, this is, a, this is an absolutely great question. I'm so happy that y'all asked it. And, but before I answer, I, I, I want to emphasize that I have an, an entire team that stands beside me on the work that I do. Uh, the partnerships that we create on the ground with folks. Bitcoin Magazine has been an unbelievable partner with us the alliances that we've created around the world. You know, I'm here, but there's tons and tons of individuals that deserve to be here as well, too. So I just want to, you know, um, emphasize and acknowledge that. Eric, to, to, your, to your question, localizing the content is extremely important. To, to be able to have content that's in the neg- native tongue of the communities that we're working with is <laughs> whether a project is successful or not. I'll give you an example. We were in uh, Kenya just a few days ago uh, visiting our, our two schools there. We have a nursery and primary school in Machakos County. And uh, of course, many know that uh, Kiswahili is uh, the spoken la- language in, in Kenya as well as English. But there are different dialects in different communities. And um, we had an individual, um, Master Guantai. Uh, Guantai himself came. He's a, you know, he writes with Bitcoin Magazine. He's, he's a Kenyan, native Kenyan, who visited the school with us. And for, it was important for him to be there to represent a, a part of the Bitcoin community. Shout out to him for making the time to come because we need the students and the community members in these, uh, in these communities to, to obviously understand this content. How can they understand it if it's written in English, a, a language that they don't even understand? Of course, there are folks that speak English in these communities, but maybe they may not be able to read or write it, right? So to your point, Eric, If we want to get to this universal mass adoption that we truly believe that Bitcoin is destined for, we can't do it thinking that it is made for North America, whether that's Mexico, when it comes to Spanish or English. There are so many different dialects and languages spoken around the world um, that even, you know, in countries that I work in, I'm not even aware of, right? And that, that, that takes a level of expertise and time to accomplish that, right? Who is going to, who's willing to have, you know, be able to go through that? There are many initiatives. Um, I can't I think the name of it off the top of my mind, but we had a, a group of people from, I think it was Exonomia, um, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, who is actually localizing or attempting to localize Bitcoin education in every African language, in every African country. Like it's phenomenal, right? This aspect, just in Nigeria, just in Nigeria, you have hundreds of different tribes hundreds of different dialects, right? Obviously, Hausa is, is one that many are very well aware of, right? You have millions of people that speak these languages, but Hausa deserves to be, have its, you know, Bitcoin content be written in its native tongue, right? Uh, if you have someone in, you know, in Rwanda, for Kinyarwandan, you know, if you have the different types of dialects for Swahili, Swahili is a spoken language of 150 million people in Africa right? 150 million people. Kenya, I would say, is probably the second or maybe even first when it comes to adoption for Bitcoin on the continent itself, Nigeria and Kenya, right? Like, how can we not have material written in that language for people to be able to understand better? Why is it that we expect folks to just 
understand English, right? What kind of privilege are we coming from as, as, a, as a Bitcoiner in our community to think that everyone just speaks either English or Spanish? That's not the case, right? And so in order for us to get to that, that mass adoption, we need everyone to be represented because Bitcoin was made for everyone, for the 100%, absolutely. Touch a little bit on, if you, if you don't mind sharing, some of the work you guys are doing right now in Rwanda. I've been following you just all over Africa posting. Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing there and what you were doing leading up to this, please. Yeah, man, it, it's just, it's beautiful to be able to just come back to the villages and, and to be able to connect with the community members. Like th there's no like special antidote or, or magic pill, uh, you know, for anything. For us, it's just being able to uh, sit and listen and learn from them. You know, every time I come, it doesn't matter if I visit, you know, 10 times per year, I, I continue to be able to learn from these folks. And, and that for me is, 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 is extremely gratifying and satisfying. What I, what we as a team try to do every single time that we, we come to, uh, to these villages is how can we impact them in a, in a, in a positive way, even more so, right? Uh, this trip around, we've have some, uh, some children's books, uh, specifically Goodnight Bitcoin, that we're uh, providing uh, through, you know, the, the Shaw Marie uh, family. And, you know, we have the Play Shaw Marie game and the Goodnight Bitcoin book. The other day, I'm not sure if you all follow our Twitter at, at Built with BTC, we had circle time and we were reading Goodnight Bitcoin to the nursery school students. And for me, it was, it was, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to get emotional on this, on this conversation, but like to be able to see the children be engaged and, and, and understand what's happening with the book and to know that, you know, they, they're hearing the term Bitcoin and understanding that, oh, what is this new form of money? Like money is so interesting and all the different colors, et cetera, et cetera. For us, it's, we want to allow the children and the family members to continuously have a better positive understanding of Bitcoin. Okay. They hear things all the time. The money is going up and down. It's volatile. Oh, this person lost this. This person gained this. We want them to get beyond the speculative aspect. That's only just one use case of Bitcoin, right? We want them to understand that this can be used uh, on the daily with them, right? It can be a part of their daily use and you can't have that without being able to communicate with them, right? Peer to peer. Can I do this on the phone? Can I do this on Zoom? Can I have people just go out themselves and do it? Of course we can, but it is more impactful when we're there on the ground ourselves. And that's why specifically here in Africa, every time I try to come onto the continent and set foot here, I try to go to every single school site as much as I possibly can. And right after Rwanda, I'm headed over to, to Nigeria um, shout out to the to, to Niger. I can't wait to be back there. We have uh, two schools in Kaduna State there that I'm extremely excited to, to go visit. We are currently building two new schools in South Africa, in um, in the in East Cape Town, and uh, I'm going to be traveling there uh, later on uh, towards the end of March. So I'm extremely excited to kind of share, you know, the the work that we're doing there in South Africa. A, a, a huge epicenter for, for, for adoption when it comes to Bitcoin uh, on the continent. South Africa is, is definitely going to be leading uh, that, that portion of the world. Um, and so for us, we continuously just try to raise awareness of our work. Our, our intention is to inspire others, not to force them to contribute or, you know, to donate to us. And it's more so like, you know, if you see the work, if you're motivated, you're inspired, reach out to us at any point in time. We're always willing to be able to work together with, with folks. Um, we loved, you know, Bitcoin Magazine. We try, I mean, it was a delight working with Eric almost on a daily basis. And beyond just Bitcoin Magazine, the Bitcoin community came together for Bitcoin Black Friday to support our work. And it wouldn't have been possible without their, without their leadership um, and without their generosity. And I will say this much. Um, we haven't talked about it yet, yet on this conversation, but Bitcoin 2022 is coming up in April. I really cannot wait to see you all in person. Uh, we have a booth there um, and we're going to be speaking as well too. We're absolutely open to, you know, folks being able to come up to us and ask us any questions that they may, uh, may have. And, you know, for us to be able to continue to work together as a Bitcoin community. For those of you who've been listening and are inspired, please feel free to reach out to Youssef and the Build with Bitcoin team. I know that they can always use resources and whatever you can offer. So please do not hesitate to hit them up and also shout out our boy, Eric. 
Yusuf, one more question for you. Because I was just looking on the website, BuiltWithBitcoin.com. Um, any expectations or plans to implement Lightning in the near future here? Oh, my goodness. You are speaking my mind, Eric. Yes, absolutely. So right now, um, we're able to uh, receive donations through tips on our Twitter, at BuiltWithBTC. For us, that has been extremely uh, beneficial, and we're extremely happy that we have that on there. Um, but we have we've partnered up with the Giving Block, which is an amazing, amazing initiative that allows other organizations to be able to accept, you know, Bitcoin and other types of cryptocurrencies as contributions and donations. But obviously, for us, you know, we were built on the blockchain, so to speak, right? We're not just some organization that now is accepting Bitcoin or now is accepting crypto. Um, for us, having Lightning. Uh, be implemented directly as as a as a contribution is not only beneficial it's the, the way that we want to be able to move forward right it's extremely efficient it's very cost effective as you can imagine and even for us to be able to send funds out as i, I hope the capacity can grow at some point in time um, but but nonetheless it's 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 a match made in heaven for us and we actually uh, use the uh, lightning education uh, when it comes to Bitcoin education. We want folks to understand that those microtransactions are a possibility, right? Many folks, um, for example, we were in Kenya the other day and someone asked us about making a, a donation, but they, they didn't want to have to incur many of the fees and how long it took. We said, hey, it's, you know, barely not even 1% where you can send us any type of contribution when it comes to the Lightning Network, right? So that completely changes the dynamic for a foundation or organization like ours. The Lightning Network is the absolute future when it comes to, you know, if someone wants to make a residual uh, a contribution, maybe on a daily basis, someone wants to send 2,500 uh, sats to us on a daily basis uh, as a recurring contribution, that, that can be possible within time. Right. If someone wants to send monthly contributions using Lightning and not having to incur uh, a multitude of uh, fees or network fees or whatever it may be, that is an option as well, too. So Lightning only creates solutions for those issues and problems. Right. So we are absolutely working towards integrating that to make a much more seamless UX directly on the site. But right now, if you have a Lightning wallet, you can contribute to our foundation via Twitter on tips, for sure. But via tips on Twitter, excuse me. Awesome. Yeah. Love to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah. I know Jack Mallers is watching this uh, back in his closet at home. So he's uh, definitely pleased to hear that you guys are utilizing those Twitter tips as well. Thank you, Jack. We appreciate you, man. Let's do some work together. How about that? You heard it, Jack. I know you're out there listening. Yusef, I do want to kind of touch a little bit on the call to action that you had earlier, just talking about the way Bitcoin helps anyone in any of these sort of communities. Uh, I know you spend a lot of time making sure the work you guys have done lives up to the expectations and standards you have. Where are you guys looking at trying to help build up next? What is the next community you guys are targeting that you're raising money for? Right. And, and we, you know, we get this, we get this question all the time. Um, for us, it is more so any country around the world that is willing and ready to be able to learn more about Bitcoin is, is, is where we can work in, right? For us, our main focus is universal. So there is no specific region that we're only focusing on. Um, we've done work in Latin America now. We've done work in Africa, of course. Uh, we want to be able to continue and, and, and be able to do work in, in uh, Asia as we've done work in India. India is a huge place that we want to be able to look into and integrate our, our education and our infrastructure model. Um, so for us, it's more so understanding where folks want to be able to work in, reach out to us. Um, we have a multitude of potential areas that we can work in, but for us to be able to accomplish those goals, it's gonna take the Bitcoin community to come together. My, my dream is at Bitcoin 2022, for us to come together and, and, and you know, support a project where we can build a school somewhere directly from the efforts and directly from the guests and patrons of the conference itself. Like how epic would that be? And, um, you know, for us, we can be very creative with this. My whole intention, our whole intention as a foundation is to be as inclusive as we possibly can, to bring as many people together as we can to be a part of this so that like nonprofits truly get a bad rap, right? And rightfully so in certain circumstances, but we can make philanthropy better 
we can improve philanthropy. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with our foundation, right? So that folks truly know where these funds are going. And with the Bitcoin community, we can truly get there, right? And so I know that may not answer your question fully, um, and it's not as specific as you'd like, but it's the, it's the honest truth. Like we're ready at any time to go anywhere around the world. Um, I'm willing to get on an airplane to go anywhere. I've gone to places and seen people and I see the true power of Bitcoin. And there's nothing that has ever been designed when it comes to philanthropic work as efficient, as effective as Bitcoin is. And that's why I believe and I'm so passionate about it. I mean, Yusef, I swear to God, I have to not talk to you too often because every time I leave conversations with you, I have a message drafted to my boss saying I'm quitting to go work with Built With Bitcoin. So, <laughs> but um, I do want to touch on something that you kind of bring up that like, yes, nonprofits do get a bad rep. There's a lot of conversations that goes on around like for every dollar you spend, 70 cents of it goes to the organization, whatever. Like there are all those whatever we want to call it, bullshit, the statistics, whatever behind it, but at least with Bitcoin and donations and nonprofits rooted in a Bitcoin standard, you can publicly see how much money is being received and how much is going out and when it's going out. And if it's being spent on the things that they're publicizing, I think that is a very beautiful way of, of incorporating this and helping to legitimize not only the business, but the work you guys do. So I'd love to maybe ask you to share back in the day when uh, you were first learning about Bitcoin, about maybe some of those hurdles, because back then Bitcoin wasn't necessarily as uh, as kosher, if I may say, as a public practice. And it genuinely was being used for some sketchier deals. Talk to us a little bit about like some of some of the people you were working with that maybe were turned off by it, uh, the experience you had. I believe I remember a story where one of the local communities actually was a little sketched out, if I'm, if I'm remembering that story correctly, no? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, uh, it is still difficult to be able to work with Bitcoin. Um, the IRS is not friendly to, to the work that we do. And to have a nonprofit you know, that has the, the term Bitcoin in it, you can imagine um, how difficult it has been to amass the legitimacy within the 501c3 nonprofit world, right? But we just continue to come at them with our track record. We continue to come at them with our progress in, uh, in our results. We're not trying to be, um, you know, how do you say it, aggressive in our approach to, uh, you know, like as disruptive as we want to be, which is, which is fine. We're disruptors in this industry. But we want to showcase like the positive effects, the optimistic effects of, of utilizing Bitcoin and say, you know what? Fiat is used for nefarious activity as well, too. Like, let's not forget this, y'all, right? We're showcasing this, this use case, to my, to my opinion, uh, it's best use case when it comes to philanthropy. The, transparent that you're, the transparency that you're talking about, Q, right? It's not just about the, the technical transparency, but we're talking about Bitcoin forces us as a foundation to be honest about our work, right? Because we know that that's there. We know that that's public, right? It's one thing to know where the money is going. Okay, that's great. That's fine. But it's another thing to know that the proof of work, like the work that's actually being done, right? And that's the real asset that Bitcoin provides for philanthropy, right? The transparency, the accessibility, right? Where you can send funds at any point in time any time of day, any time of year. doesn't matter if it's a holiday, doesn't matter the day or the week, right? And then more so, it's understanding that this technology, that Bitcoin itself, can make a nonprofit like ours more efficient because it saves on costs, and most importantly, it saves on time. It takes less than an hour to be able to send $100,000 to be able to build one entire school. When, in a, in a, in a traditional sense, that would take multiple transfers and it would take weeks, if not months, and so much back end compliance and paperwork to, to kind of justify and defend that paper trail of, of where those funds are actually going, right? Of course, we, we, we need a paper trail with what we're doing with Bitcoin. I'm not trying to say that we don't. There's a lot of compliance we have to deal with in regulations, of course, but, but that Bitcoin just catalyzes the efficiency. So you have transparency, access, and efficiency. Those are three key 
positive notes to using Bitcoin in the philanthropic world. And that's what has, had, has allowed us, excuse me, allowed our foundation to be where it is today. Cool. Sounds good. I really don't have much more to add as we're coming up on the hour here. Q, do you have anything else? Any other questions you want to ask? Uh, Yusuf, I guess I'd love to maybe have uh, or give you the opportunity to just share with everyone where they can find you, follow you, follow the work that Built with Bitcoin is doing so they can keep up uh, as well with the updates that you guys are sharing and posting about. I appreciate it, man. This, this has nothing to do with me. I would love for folks to go on Twitter and follow our foundation at Built with BTC on Instagram at Built with Bitcoin. Um, you can follow our work on there. We love to be uh, to engage with our, our supporters, individuals that have questions. You can always reach out to us via email. Builtwithbitcoin.org is our website. Um, for us, we don't want anyone to trust anything. We want you all to verify as much as you possibly can. And by doing so, seeing with your own eyes the work that's being done on the ground, there are a lot of communities that we're working with that are extremely special, that have unbelievable people in them. And our, our intention as a foundation is to allow the messaging and to be messengers of their stories and, and to see what their Bitcoin journey is all about. And the storytelling is, is what really drives our work. And we want to continue to, to push that forward. But again, we can't do that by ourselves. It's going to take all of us in this beautiful Bitcoin community to be able to accomplish that. And lastly, for those of you that um, have not planned yet to go to Bitcoin 2022, I hope to see you all there. Please go to that conference. You, I learned so much last year and, and I'm not trying to plug anyone at all. Like genuinely, like I have so much more to learn about Bitcoin and its technology and the community itself, but I loved being around Bitcoiners. It was such a cool, positive vibe. So if you haven't got your ticket yet, go to Miami, say hello, come visit us. And uh, I hope we can all work together and um, you know create a better quality of life for people around the world one Bitcoin at a time, baby. You heard it, guys. Use code YTMAG, get 10% off. If you buy with Bitcoin, you'll get 33% off. You won't want to miss it. Like, honestly, that is the most Bitcoiner statement ever, though. There's so much more you can learn. None of us on this screen right now, none of our colleagues, no one truly believes they know everything there is to know about Bitcoin. If you do, I'm sorry, but you're just frankly wrong. It's going to be a great opportunity. You're going to get a chance to actually meet us in person. I will be the very large haired guy smoking nonstop joints. So feel free to find me out there. Okay, fine. Yes, Chris. If you are actually Satoshi Nakamoto, you know more about Bitcoin than anyone else. However, I will challenge that and say the economical, the economic impacts it has had and it's currently having, Satoshi does not know better than on the ground economists. So I look forward to debating Chris on air about some of this stuff because he'll be joining me after the break, uh, as well as a new episode of The Breakup with Nolan. So stick around, guys. And again, use code YTMAG to get 10% off of your Bitcoin 22 tickets. Yep. 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 Yep.